Welcome to the Rocky Valley Podcast. This is Pastor Jason Moe. We're glad you stopped in to have a listen, and we hope that this blesses you in some way. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. We'll be in verses 13 through 18 this evening of James chapter 3. Now, I'm fully aware that we had turkey at lunch, and I'm fully aware of all of the scientific studies that let us know that turkey makes us sleepy, but we had like five and a half hours between lunch and now that we should have taken naps, so let's dive in and let's laser sharp focus on James chapter 3 verses 13 through 18, as we dive back into our study from the book of James. Last week we took off to do a little Bible trivia. Now remember the idea of Bible trivia. It's not just uh, to do some trivia. It's, It's to cause us to practice in how we use our Bibles and how we call upon our Bible knowledge, hopefully to Uh, show some of us that we don't know as much as we think we know, and maybe there's still room for studying in that great old big massive Word of God that we possess, that maybe there are some things that we don't yet know. And also, maybe even equally as important anyway, forcing us to work together in a group to get into our Bible, making us work together uh, as a team to get into the groups. And so that's why we take off and do Bible trivia every now and then. And uh, this week we, we dive into our text and we find a text that talks about wisdom. And so I'm aware that there are some of you here that already think you know all there is to know about wisdom and you've got it all figured out. But I challenge you to listen this evening anyway. You may find that there was a thing or two you didn't know about how smart that you were. And so we come to this point and let's keep in mind the theme Uh, of this study through the book of James. The title of this series is Faith in Action. And we've looked at the idea that James has basically weekly, weekly in and week out through this entire study of the book of James, he has forced us to ask ourselves weekly this question. Am I living my life the way I ought to live my life? He, He challenges us with a different subject almost every section of scripture as we go through James. He challenges us with how we react in trials. He challenges us with uh, how do we react to temptations? Who do we blame for temptations? Do we recognize where our temptations come from? He, He has us look at how do we handle our money from a mindset? What is our mindset about our finances? How do we treat one another? Do we treat one another properly? Do we show favoritism to people based on what they can do for us? Do we, uh, do, do we live out the results of our faith and our actions? Can you tell that our faith is a living faith because we're different than we were before we responded to the call of God? When we hear the Word of God, How do we react to it? When the Word of God reveals something to us about ourselves that we don't necessarily like, or we don't like what the Word of God says, are we quick to anger? Are we quick to to dispute? Or are we quick to be humbled and, and, and let the Word of God penetrate our lives? And so we look this evening at our 
wisdom and how we live in light of our knowledge. So please stand as we honor the readings of our holy word from James chapter 3 beginning in verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Let us pray. Father God, God, help us hear from your word in this letter from James that we would recognize that we are to hear the passionate plea from James to examine ourselves daily to examine ourselves continuously, and to live our lives in response to our faith in a wonderful, saving, gracious God. God, help us to see what you would have us to see from your word this very evening, Lord. And God, we'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory for all things. In Christ's name that we all pray together and all God's people said, and you may be seated. Now this section of our text is, is really a, a contrast of earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. Uh, you might say heavenly wisdom or demonic wisdom even. even you know. so, so it's a, a contrast between two different types of wisdom. And James is he's laying out these lists of the tests of our faith. He's laying these out. And he comes to this, and it's a thought process that if you are truly saved and truly know God, then, then you will have a living faith that produces a particular type of wisdom in your life. In other words, through your conversion will be shown your wisdom. So the, your wisdom will show that you are a child of God. And so I want us to define wisdom together real quick uh, as we, before we move on, because I think for the purpose of this study, we want to make sure that we have all the same definition of wisdom. I'm not saying mine's right, but I'm saying we need to all have the same definition of wisdom as we move forward. Because wisdom, in the light of this text, is not knowledge so much. It really Wisdom doesn't really mean knowledge here. It isn't really talking about learned information. But instead, wisdom is really referring to an application of that learned information in your life. So wisdom is, is more, you might say, not what I know, but how I live in response to what I know. Does that make sense? Um, give you an example. So I'm fully aware that someone that is on blood pressure medicine probably should not make a meal out of a ribeye steak, a baked potato... And a piece of coconut cake. I get it. I have that knowledge. But I don't have that wisdom because that's what I choose to eat. You see what I'm saying? So the fact that I know 
that I shouldn't do that is not the same as possessing the wisdom, and that is when you take what you know and you react accordingly. Does that make sense? So with wisdom, we're talking about not just what you know, but how you live in response to what you know. The knowledge doesn't always change us, right? The wisdom is what changes us. So how do I live according to my knowledge in the ways of God? That's what James is talking about here. How do we live based on what we know about God and what we know about the Word of God? Because how we live in terms of what we know about God are, is kind of a barometer of my spiritual condition, a barometer of my godly wisdom. And so James start out, and he, and he echoes this question here. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Who is wise and understanding among you? Some of you just had to swallow your tongue hard as you could. There, there's little doubt that just like in this room tonight, when the question who is wise is uttered, there are many people that want to parade around. And there would have been plenty reading this letter that when James said, who's wise? Who is it that possesses the wisdom among you? Many people would have wanted to, to stand up and claim that they have that wisdom. And so James says, if you claim to be wise then let's, let's look at a few things that, that godly wisdom, if you claim to possess it, here are a few things that you need to look at. And the first thing is if you possess godly wisdom, it is going to come out in your conduct. It's going to come out in your conduct. It says, who's wise and has understanding among you? Let him show it by his good conduct. So the first place that we're going to see good, good godly wisdom displayed is in the conduct of a person. How do you act? If a person is really saved and really has godly wisdom, then when you watch them, when you stand back and watch what they do, you don't have to listen for their godly wisdom. All you got to do is watch how do they live their life, and you'll start to see whether they have that godly wisdom, whether they display it in their conduct. They will have good conduct. See them as they go through a trial. See them as they go through a tribulation. See them as they go through this life, and what does their conduct display? Because it should display that they possess a godly wisdom if you sit back and watch. But he goes further. He says, not just, not just good general conduct, but he gets even more specific. And he says, not just good in conduct, but also that his works are done. That his works. So he gets even more specific. He goes even deeper. James says, your general conduct is going to be good. But your specific conduct, so the thing you do when you're doing something specific, well, it's going to be good too. And the things you set out to do, such as, as commanding a ministry or, or leading a task or, or setting out to accomplish a specific goal, the person who has godly wisdom will display that in the way they go about accomplishing the things that they set out to accomplish. You'll be able to sit back and watch. Not only do they have good conduct in general, but they have good specific conduct. They'll be doing things in the ways of the Lord as they move forward. And then finally he says, not only that, you're, you're going to have good conduct. Your specific works are going to be done in the meekness of that wisdom. So your conduct will be done in that wisdom. Your specific task will be done in that wisdom. And your attitude will be of humility because of that wisdom. You know... One of the most humbling things for a child of God should be to recognize how meek we are in the presence of our holy God. 
And that's why to have a true saving wisdom, a true knowledge of God should make us humble in our attitude. It is virtually impossible to be proud and boastful and arrogant if you truly recognize what you are in relationship to what God is. It's like we talked about this morning when you when we recognize how holy God is and how unholy we are, that's when we recognize the grace that he even saved a wretch like me. And so when we display that in terms of the wisdom that we put in our lives, we should be standing in awe every day that God uses us for anything. And so it should be displayed that we are entirely dependent upon God for our direction. And that's where our humility shows out. How do we see the humility as someone makes decisions? Well, you just kind of watch. You see, do they seek to honor God with their decisions? Because there's one thing about it. I've heard people say a hundred times, when you have a discussion with somebody, particularly in a counseling session, when they've already made a bunch of the wrong decisions, and you sit down with them and they'll they'll almost always say this. So, well, I thought that God was, was telling me to do that. My friends, can I tell you this? If that is contrary to the standards of God and the Word of God, God's not telling you to do it. No matter how bad you want to do it, if that is contrary to the Word of God, God will not contradict His Word in His calling to people. And so we display, how does someone display humility and godly wisdom? Well, they they humble themselves in the sight of the Lord and they recognize that if I think I should zig, but God says that zigging is against his word, then I'm going to zag. See what I'm saying? I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to go in the way of godly wisdom. And so it should be seen in the general conduct, how they perform their tasks and in their attitude of humility. And then in verse 14, James kind of starts to look into kind of the motivation for earthly wisdom. Kind of the motivation. He says, if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, and those last three words, in your hearts, that kind of lets us know that James is really talking about kind of the motivation for this earthly wisdom there. In Proverbs 4.23 it says, keep your heart with your due diligence for out of it are the issues of life. So guard your heart because Out of your heart is where you start to spin out of control. That's where you start to have these roots of self-seeking and bitter envy. And so earthly wisdom is motivated by bitter jealousy or bitter envy and selfish ambition. That word for bitter, that literally was the word that was used to describe undrinkable water. And so he's literally saying, think of that word. you've You've all seen, listen, most of us live in the country or have been in the country at some point. I kind of, every time I think of, of tepid water, I think about the old cow pond. Anybody ever seen an old cow pond? Thank you, Danny and Brother Doug. I've seen some old cow ponds, and I'm going to be honest with you, the last thing I could think that I might ever want to do is to slide up to the old cow pond and take a pretty good drink of water. I don't know about you guys, but I've seen what the cows do in the water, and I don't want to go take a drink of the water. That water would be... Bitter. It would be undrinkable. Make you do that. right? And that's literally the word that is used to describe the envy that someone has with their earthly wisdom. They're going to it's bitter. It's contempt. It's, it's just nasty. 
People who possess worldly wisdom tend to have their own world and kind of be jealous and angry at anyone who tries to come into that world. You ever known anybody like that? Somebody who kind of had their own little world and their own little way of it being their world. And anybody that tries to get into that world, they get jealous, they get angry, they get bitter when they come around. Why? Because they're threatening their territory a little bit. This is my world. This is, this is my territory. I'm not going to let you in. It's a threat to me if you get in my territory. I run it. I decide what goes on here. I decide who stays. I decide who goes. You're messing up my balance by coming up into my world. And anybody that differs from me, they're wrong. And heaven forbid somebody that differs from me turn around and be successful because now I'm going to be even more angry at them. Now I want to keep in mind that we remember worldly wisdom is used to describe those who are unsaved. That's what James is talking about here. Those who possess godly wisdom are those who inherit that godly wisdom at the day of salvation. And those who do not have godly wisdom are considered the unsaved, those who don't have that wisdom. And so... You ever know anybody who was, as all appears to you, an unsaved person who had their own little bubble that they just wouldn't let anybody that had a different view of than them in? You ever try to witness to that person? You ever notice that they're okay until the conversation turns to a certain topic and then all of a sudden they're bitter and they turn you away? It's because that is the seed and the motivation of a worldly wisdom is that it's a bitter envy, a bitter jealousy, a, a, a bitter self-contained deal. And so he goes on, he says, the next motivation of earthly wisdom besides this bitterness is this self-seeking or self-ambition. This term, self-seeking, now originally this term was used to describe the ladies who would spin and sew for hire. And so it would be that they would spin or sew and do those things, and they would seek payment. That was the way that they would kind of, that would be their job. Uh, and then it kind of morphed into where it was being used for anybody who did something to get something in return, kind of in the, in the Greek language. Uh, until finally it morphed all the way down to the point that really it became anytime you do something to get something for yourself. So anytime that you're doing something to benefit you, you're self-seeking. That makes sense, right? We get that. And so earthly wisdom is motivated by jealousy and a desire to gain for one's self. Gaining for one's self. And generally tends to lean towards somebody being willing to do almost anything to gain for themselves, regardless who falls in the path. Regardless what happens in the wake of them gaining these things and what harm may come to the others. This is why we see those in the world who, who are likely to do just about anything to look out for number one. People who would do just about anything to, to look out for number one and his prospering. They would lie. They would cheat, they would steal, they would do whatever it takes because they have this earthly wisdom and it's motivated by seeking gain for themselves. And James says about these two things, if you have this bitterness, this jealousy, this selfish ambition, if, if that's 
the way that you're living, if that's, that's how you're doing, then quit lying and pretending to have godly wisdom. Keep in mind, he's asked who is wise. He's talking about godly wisdom. And, and these that have stood up claiming to have this wisdom, he's saying, listen, if you have this bitter envy, if you have this selfish ambition, don't boast about having godly wisdom. You are simply lying against the truth. You're, you're, just, you're lying against the truth. The truth of the matter is, your actions speak louder than your parading words of how wise you are. Because what you're showing is exactly the opposite of godly wisdom. He says, come out. Tell the truth. Own it. But quit parading around and lying about it. Because the wisdom that produces all of these things, the, the wisdom from where that bitterness and selfish ambition comes from is not godly. He says it doesn't descend from above, but it's earthly and sensual and demonic. Literally, he's saying it's earthly. That means it's limited to the things of this earth. It's sensual. It's pertaining to the flesh and the feelings. And he says it's demonic. It has its source with the demons. So fleshly wisdom, think about it this way. It only serves for this realm. It only serves on this earth. It only serves the feelings and the sensuality, and it comes from a demonic source. It's, it's this source that Paul wrote to Timothy about when he said, the false teachers teach the doctrine of the demons that are generated by the seductive spirits. These spirits, these demons that produce this wisdom, and it causes us to seek after the things of this world. Think about that. Think about your sin or your temptations, or all of those things that we give into with an earthly wisdom. And I want you to think about what their eternal means. Because I guarantee you that every single one of them mean bad news long term. There is not one sin that we commit in our lives that if we really get down to it and we think of it logically, we could say, boy, that's going to produce, that's going to produce good things long term for me. If I just learn to lie a little better, there'll be a good long term effect that comes from that. Nobody ever thinks that thought. Because earthly wisdom is, is to hear it now and it's temporal. And then verse 16, we'll look at that real quickly. What are the results of this earthly wisdom? What happens as a result of this sensual, earthly, demonic wisdom? He says, where envy and self-seeking exist, so where this wisdom, this earthly wisdom exists, confusion. Confusion. It's the same, it, it, it literally means, let me see that. It literally means the disorder that comes from instability, but it's the same word that James uses back in verse 8 when he talks about an unruly evil of the tongue. What does the unruly tongue do? It causes all kinds of confusion, doesn't it? It can cause a complete instability. You don't believe me? You wait until somebody starts running their tongue. There can be more confusion caused by one person with a poisonous tongue 
than anything I've ever seen in my life. One person with a poisonous tongue can just sow so much confusion. And that's what he's talking about. This bitterness, this self-seeking ambition, looking to make myself elevated, bringing someone else down, it causes confusion for all of those around. That's what happens when earthly wisdom abounds, is everything just gets mixed up. Why? Because the earthly wisdom is taking hold, and earthly wisdom, the results of it, are confusion and evil things. There's nothing good that comes from earthly wisdom. Earthly wisdom will not produce harmony ever. Why? Because earthly wisdom is self-serving. And I could pick out anybody here. I, I could go through this congregation and we could all take a personality test. And I could pick the person that I most match up with from a mindset. And we could set out to agree 100% of the time. And there's going to come a time where we're going to have to make a decision where we don't agree. And when that time comes... Earthly wisdom will choose itself every time. And so it cannot breed harmony. It's just not possible in its nature because earthly wisdom is going to self-motivate and self-preserve and put someone else down. So James says, who is wise? Show it with your conduct. How do you do your task? Are you humble? Show it with your life. How do you play out your knowledge? Does it produce self-centeredness? Does it produce jealousy? If so... Your wisdom is earthly in its nature. And real quickly as we close, we're going to look at these final two verses real quickly. And we're going to look at the godly wisdom. But the wisdom that is from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Godly wisdom is motivated from above. Motivated from Heavenly focus. It's where we decide to follow Jesus and then decide to be obedient to Jesus. To display the knowledge that we have of him. So to take the fact that we've been saved and we have his word and to display it in our lives above our fleshly desire to display our earthly wisdom. The motives of true wisdom are always godly. They always breathe peace and gentleness and willingness to yield. I want you to think about those. Mercy, good fruit, no partiality, no hypocrisy. We said that earthly wisdom would always cause confusion because it looked to, to, to elevate self. But look at all those characteristics of godly wisdom. They always look to do what? Move for other people to serve Others, to pick up others. I'm not going to be rousing because I'm going to be peaceable. I'm not going to be wild and, and mean because I'm going to be gentle. I'm not going to force my way because I'm going to be willing to yield. I'm not going to expect you to live up to my expectations of you because I'm going to show you mercy. I'm going to show the fruits of the Spirit. And I'm going to do it to everyone 
Because if I don't do those things, then I sow hypocrisy. I claim to be godly, but don't act out on that godly wisdom. And then verse 18, real quick. Remember I said said early on that James kind of gives us a commentary on the Sermon on the Mount. And in verse 18, he kind of flashes back to the Beatitudes. He says, the fruit of the righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. One of the Beatitudes is blessed are the peacemakers. This term is used to describe a child of God. And so James is literally saying, blessed are the children of God. Blessed are the children of God. They are peacemakers. So earthly wisdom looks to serve self, elevate self, and causes confusion and calamity. Godly wisdom looks to elevate others, to glorify God, and causes harmony. So how do we close out this, this evening? How do we look at this? What does James want us to ask ourselves? Well, this, this would be his question to you. Does your knowledge play out in your life in this? Are you seeking to sow harmony? Or are you seeking to sow discord? Because if you are looking to sow discord and confusion, then you need to ask yourself, why? Am I a child of God? Because godly wisdom says that you will sow harmony and you will elevate others. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of James, Lord. A letter from James where where we can read it thousands of years later and ask ourselves this very question. If this is how a believer ought to live and I don't live this way, why? God, why? And so God, as we've Look to wisdom this evening, Lord. It's my prayer that if someone here looks at their life and says, I've not been sowing seeds of harmony. I've not been showing godly wisdom in the way I live my life. I've been looking to motivate myself to to tear someone else down. And God calls a conviction and a stirring in that soul that they would say, I've decided to follow Jesus and be obedient. God calls us to examine ourselves. Not that we might be better, but that we might glorify you better, God. God, it's in your precious name that we pray this evening. Amen. Everybody stand. Thanks again for joining in. We sincerely hope that this has blessed you in some way. If you have any further questions, feel free to give us a call or check us out on the web at www.rockyvalleybaptist.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.